Welcome to Proudly ADHD at work and in business. I am your host, Coach Kathy Rashidian, and I help professionals like you understand the science behind your unique brain so you can unlock that inner genius. Ready to transform your ADHD into your best asset? Keep listening. Welcome to another episode with Coach Kathy. I have another star for you. Got another star. And you know me and my stars. I gotta, I gotta go out and look and see who's out there, who's doing what, who's inspiring who, and who's shaking and moving and making things happen, even though they have ADHD and using it to their strengths and using it as their superpower, if you will, and doing awesome things. In this episode, I introducing you to Trey Vivas. I met him on Clubhouse, and yes, there it is again, Clubhouse. <laughs> and I'm telling you, man, that network is some, some mighty network. And it's been a pleasure having conversations with him on Clubhouse and offline about his journey with ADHD, about his life and the trials and tribulations that he went through. And what I like about Trey and, and what he's going to share with us, it brings a different dimension. And I wanted to capture his, his story here in this episode, we're going to talk about multiculturalism. We're going to talk about being, you know, born from a different country, different color skin, different background. And then, oh, wait, there's ADHD on top of that. So lots of different angles that this conversation is going to go. So my friend, Trey, welcome to this show. So happy to have you here. Hi, Kathy. Thank you so much. I am uh, so excited to be here. And uh, yeah, I, this is, this is so cool. Cause uh, we talked about this and I just remember, I, I remember that day, like I was super nervous uh, when I met you, but not like in a bad way. I was nervous. Cause I, I was so uh, impressed by what you had just finished saying. And, and I was like, Oh, Kathy gets it. This, this lady gets it she understands like what we need to do she gets it and she's and and i and i immediately recognized that you had been doing it longer and i was like oh i'm not the smartest person in the room by far (laughs) great and that's great no like you know like that was just and there was just that particular room was also just a lot of superstars in there and i was so fortunate because it, it was a lot of camaraderie in that moment so i'm just so happy to see you know we're here we're like we're talking we're doing it and and i remember just being like you know, this, I, I really was so, 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 so honored that you that you were like, yeah, you're definitely allowed to come on my space and, and, and tell your story. You know, I don't know if people really recognize like how important it is to be to be heard and seen and then be heard and seen and said, hey, you know what? We, we, we want to give you a platform to be heard and seen some more. So yeah. I really appreciate it, Kathy. I really. Yeah, really of course. Of course. My pleasure. So let's back up a little bit. Let's bring you to the. Let's catch up the audience with your story of ADHD and how did you get this diagnosis? Oof. Okay. Well, the most immediate, like it was to, let's see, to, to make it not a long ADHD ramble, <laughs> it was a, it was pretty much like a culmination of, of things that, that had just been happening for so long. Like, I think I, I, I found that what it was to make it easy somewhere around the point of around like 24, 25, or let's just say maybe systematically gradually from 22, 23, everything just got harder. Everything got harder year after year after year after year. And then the behaviors started getting 
from risky to crazy to, you know, and then it was strange because I had my head on straight in so many ways. You know, I had uh, parents who had given me a lot of, like, I had a lot of, like, I was like, like, I'm smart and I have tons of knowledge, but like, you know, ADHD has all these crazy symptoms and you're just like running around trying to hide them all the time. And then they're causing you problems. And then as you get, and it's interesting, you know, it really was like a 15 year ride of just like, oh shit, that's it until it led one day ultimately to an and trigger warning. And I hope people realize that like these conversations are full of trigger warnings, you know, overall in that 15 years, there were three attempts by me. And I call them attempts to, to, to why I call them suicide attempts is because I think if you get, I think, I think the moment you get to the point in your heart that you feel like it's a good idea like that makes sense like that there's that thing that clicks that says you know what that makes sense like I should do that and all three times there was you know a will and a and a belief in the in, in those that I that I loved and cared about that cared about me like you know when you don't believe in yourself and you don't care about yourself and you don't think you've got anything the only like so this is what i talk about willpower is like the only willpower you like have left to have in that moment is to have faith and this is where it's interesting right so i because i always talk about like i always talk you know i'm a man of of faith who deeply believes in science because it absolutely makes sense you know and but there's a time for faith there's a time for science and there's a time for both and and, you know, at that time, the science says, if I do this, I'm, I'm, I'm dead. But my faith had to kick in and my will had to kick in first to just have faith in, in those that had faith in me. So, you know, the last time that that happened, it was, you know, it was really at the end of my, my marriage was falling apart. I mean, all kinds of things. It, it was my, I had taken tons of business losses. Cause I mean, Kathy, like I, I did a ton of stuff. Like, you know, I, I, I don't know how I did any of it. Like, I mean, I, like, I know, but like, I don't like it. Just, there's always that feeling of like, how in God's name. <laughs> but this, the real sadness here was, and this is where the depression was, was really, and the anxiety just got so bad in the cycles. Eventually what, you know, I, I, at the time of my diagnosis, I was officially given a diagnosis of ADHD combined type with, I was very fortunate. And I know this conversation is important. I was very fortunate because I had a psychiatrist who was just super responsible and very with it, like very with the times and, awesome. and she was older, but because so it was great because I found that there's that combination of older female doctors who stay with it tend to have really incredible bedside manner and then they're just very scientifically in tune also with what's going on so and i just got fortunate right now i also say because i'm a man of faith that i was in such crisis that god put that in my in my path yep yeah same with my doctor she was my angel yeah because i was in crisis like i was in, I, I went in there in tears and I flat out told her that I had had an experience where my ex-wife, where my wife at the time had gotten me an Adderall because she didn't know what to do. And she, she was convinced at that point that, and so was I actually, that the anxiety and the depression and all this other shit was just because I'm ADHD. I like, this is it. I'm, I'm convinced. Cause at this point we had, she was in nursing school, by the way. So as she was going deeper and going through different courses and starting to touch on things and I was just getting in more and more pain and, more losses because the toughest thing about it is 
And I, you know, I mean, is the fact that you have to sit there and work so hard to build these incredible things, usually out of out of bouts of hyper focus, mm-hmm. and then destroy the very same things that you that you created. Yes. My cycle, my cycle, and I don't know every, but for me, it was just this constant self sabotage and you know self limiting beliefs and all this other crap. But then, the the funniest thing about it is that underneath all that, I always say like my like I always say like Trey's non ADHD brain. Like, like I'm super confident. I go after what I want. So my life, I think what happened was because I had a, that's my DNA. And my mom is like that. And everybody's just like, my mom's like a badass woman. And she's like super hard core, like amazing, very like, like I always say she's the OG bad bitch because she's <laughs> super feminine, but super masculine in all the right ways. And it's just incredible. And I just think that that's why, you know, which is also shaped, it's shaped me very well because I have, I feel like I have all those things in the right place, but, you know, so it's just interesting. Like my mom gave me a lot and I think that got me through like that with faith and, and the fact that like, for the most part, most of my behaviors were like mostly okay inside of my household for the most part, like nobody was really giving me crap about being, you know, hyper and all that. Everybody thought my energy was great. I'm Cuban, right? So I'm Cuban mm-hmm. American. And, and then we're also, and we're also Afro-Cuban American. We're very mixed. And so, and, 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 you know, and that's just a reality. Like, you know, the more melanated the, the, the Caribbean people are, the flavor, the more flavorful it is. Because exactly. white people from the passion. Caribbean are super flavorful. That's <laughs> like, it. Like, it, and that's, that's the other thing about that, that part is what you just said. It's that there's a cultural aspect of this. It's like, it's expected to be fiery and up and about. And I'm Middle Eastern, like, are going for dinners. It's not just sitting around and talking. There's music playing. There's people yeah, playing. Yeah. There's like, it's a freaking party every time. So, so going back, back to the diagnosis part, Trey, was it just ADHD or was there anything else? Right. That so that's what I was saying. So I was very fortunate. I had this great doctor. Thank you for that. And she started saying that it was like, look, definitely if I wanted to just say bipolar and be kind of like, like brash about it and just throw a diagnosis at you, I'd probably diagnose you with bipolar two or something like that. But she was like, honestly, like she even like, she, she, I'm not even like short. She, she was so responsible. She said, listen, I think it's just bipolar behavior. I think you've been a cycle where things, because you're this, she kind of broke it down. She's like, you know, the combined type, it's easy because those bouts of anxiety and depression. So like those introversion can become very, very, very like negative. Right. So she started breaking it down for me. She I said, love her. Why yeah. really look like, like you're bipolar. Yeah. And, and I've had clients that were initially diagnosed bipolar. Oops. It wasn't bipolar. It's ADHD. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and one thing that was interesting, she didn't see me at all as, as drug seeking because I told her about the Adderall story. I told her the whole story about how I, I, you know, took the Adderall and basically like for the first time ever, I was, you know, I was, I was struggling to identify what I was feeling. Because? But because it had been so long. And then all of a sudden I said, oh, what I'm feeling is peace. Mm. And I had been. And then I started, and I might start crying, sorry. And I started crying because I realized that I had, because I struggled so long to find the words with what that felt yeah. that I couldn't articulate it because yeah. I didn't know, I didn't actually know, like I knew, but I hadn't, it wasn't familiar anymore. 
mm-hmm. however long it had been since I had felt that like what what somebody considers you know mental clarity. Yeah, I had it, how if I felt it, which was probably in my youth, I I hadn't felt that level of it in at least fifteen years, long enough to feel like I had never felt it. Like it really felt like I had never felt it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, so, so where are you at now? Fast forward now. What's happening now in your life? What is this explanation? I don't want to call it diagnosis. I want to call mm-hmm. it an explanation. How has that changed your perspective in the way you see the world? What's happening? It's empowered me in, in such an incredible way that like, like, of course, you know, I still have to deal with being what, you know, with whatever negative sides there are of ADHD, but somebody gave me a playbook on my brain. Like, it's just incredible. And, and for me, the biggest thing was now that I understood how I function and that I could start to really understand on a micro how I, how this specific Trey Vives, this ADHD year functions, right? Then I could really, you know, when, when I started understanding about masking, uh, then when I started understanding, you know, that all this bipolar-like behavior was really mostly the result of a lot of trauma that was mm-hmm. kind of, that I had to deal with, yes. you know? started understanding RSD it was incredible because I understood that like you know how many overreactions that's prevented me from having just knowing oh wait 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 whatever I'm feeling right now is probably BS so let me let me just hold space real quick it's just you know the, the moment like I I know that some people can get really negative when they start telling them oh you had diagnosed with this you're diagnosed with this and I'm like and I just you know I'm begging if there's anybody listening who who's who's looking to get a diagnosis and not like or did get one and you're feeling depressed about it don't get depressed it's a playbook it's a playbook it's literally like someone handing you the actual bible to your brain <laughs> I and, like that. and what do you you know like or for the science or for, or for the science sciencey people out there right like the people who really just you know it's it's the same as somebody handing you the definitive text to your yeah, here's the formula here's, here's the, the formula formula yeah yeah now the empowerment that i have is incredible because now i'm able to lean into who i am do the things i want to do like you know i started 20 creative fashion endeavors in my head in my 20s and never pulled the trigger on any of them because i had i didn't believe in myself mm. even the way i expressed myself like you know one of the biggest things that happened like i used to be very like I, I was very like, I was very flourishing in my ADHD ways up until about 20 some odd years old because I was doing all the crazy ADHD things I wanted to do. And, and what happened was I, at hitting adulthood, what I call hitting adulthood around 22, 23, I started, I started conflating growing up with having to trade away like so much of the essence of who I was. And that really, that because was that. Why, why do you think that? I guess because you know what I you know what I finally figured out this was somewhat recent too Kathy I the neurotypical thing of singular focus really screwed me up Yeah yeah it screwed me up it yeah. screwed me up because what I understood was oh I guess I'll just get this badass career wherever I can find one because I can't deal with school I don't know you know and then whatever and and, and I'll go after that and I'll see if I can get one of those, you know, and I was just selling myself short too on a lot of stuff anyway. And, and then when I did that, because I, because ADHD comes with these symptoms, right. Where you can fall off of stuff and the hyperfixation, this, that, whatever, 
it was just not having the playbook, man. Just not having the playbook. I didn't understand why my behaviors were the way they were. So I would, I would just go in those deep places of like beating myself up and like, oh, rather than like, if somebody just told me, hey, the reason that you like, you don't just love to work out. You don't just love to train. You don't just love martial arts. There's a reason you love it so much. Mm-hmm. Beyond all the reasons you know, there's right. this there's other a neurological reason. Yes. Neurological reason yeah. that this stuff does what it does for you mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. operate at such a higher level in your life when you're participating in yeah. this. I relate to that a lot. Is whenever somebody gives me the science behind something, then it uh, clicks. Until then, I am on this discovery of for myself. Let me figure this out on my own. And you know what's funny, Kathy? Even dealing with like, for instance, like the pandemic, I had to like trade away certain things, right? Like I couldn't work out where I wanted every day. I could, but it just makes it easier to take it easy on yourself if you understand what's happening is happening because this is not in your life. Yeah. On that note, I want to go back to. And, and for our audience, we're like all over the place. Two I'm typical so ADHD years and I love it. And, I, and I'm the worst at that. No, no, it's okay, but we're good. We're still on track here. Because as, as most of my listeners know, I'm, I'm pretty impromptu with, with, this is not a scripted conversation. We just have the beginning and then we go and we riff. So in this riff, I want to go back to self-sabotage. The thing that you brought up, I hear this often in my, actually on both sides, both the entrepreneurs and the professionals. The professionals are like, I'm bored at my job. I can do it with my eyes closed. Let me just sabotage this and go look for another job. And impulsivity kicks in and they resign. Or they're like, they look for problems in their work. It's like, I remember when my husband was like, can you just coast? I'm like, nah, coasting doesn't happen here. If I'm not stimulated, I don't care how much money I'm making. I can't coast. So the same thing as an entrepreneur, once we've, we've seeked the, you know, we've gone after the thing. And we see what it is and we see it all the way to the end. It's like, huh, I'm bored now. There's no challenge here. There's no stimulation here. <laughs> so how have you been able to, or are you still working on that self-sabotage piece? What's happening there? I'm really happy that you're asking this question because I'm, this is all very like fresh for me. So in, in terms of like the development that I've made in this area, because since now what I'm, what I'm an entrepreneur in, is I finally, you know, I started my jewelry company, which is now kind of evolving into an overall just lifestyle brand. And that's because I've, since I've told you in other conversations privately, I just, you know, I've just leaned in. And I think I just mentioned now I've leaned in to just who, who, who's Trey, you know, that's all that matters. Mm-hmm. And what am I trying to like do? And, and, and what am I trying to leave in the world? So now I, I, I just kind of like, I manage it and I understand that. So maybe the benefit of age is, is also there because. Mm. So like, here's the thing I figured out. I, I, I love jewelry. I love fashion and I will never not love it. I've loved it since I was a child. That sounds like a lifelong passion, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah. I have a few of those. Mm-hmm. Martial arts. I love training. I love, and you know what's, you know what I figured out? If somebody had just told me, and this is where some of my, some of the listeners may not like me when I say this, if somebody had told me about ADHD, then I would have said, oh, cool. The only, and I would have really been able to understand it the way I can understand, understand it. 
oh, okay, cool. I'm not, not interested in this anymore. I'm just waning in interest in this area of it because now I need to go to the action area of this, which is the execution. I started figuring out task paralysis is our biggest enemy. So what I figured out was the anxiety of executing after you've gotten a big hit of dopamine from figuring out a bunch of shit. Yes. Like, Ooh, I have an idea. Yes. Continue. This is, this is the biggest enemy for an entrepreneur. And I think what happens is that you then tell yourself you're not interested anymore. And that's bullshit. It's not that you're not interested anymore. It's that the next step of this is what it is. It's as big as it is. And you can't get away from that. And now you went from being excited to thinking, hey, that's too big for me or that next step isn't what I need to do. And it's actually wrong. You need to go do that and fuck it up or succeed, whichever one it is. But you need to do it because what's going to happen is the stress and the depression that's going to come from you not doing it will actually be bigger. And I've now learned that. I've learned it. So now I'm... I'm not saying I'm not like dealing with like I deal with setbacks. It is is what it is. But like I understand, for instance, I thought I was waning on like my on on like my designing proclivities. And it wasn't that I was waning. It's that I was expanding on how Mm -hmm. I want to create. And I started realizing, oh, it's not that I don't care. I don't want to create jewelry. I don't want to just create jewelry. I want to create custom shoes. I want to create visual art with video. Yes. You know, when I started realizing Me, Richard I, Branson, have your I own like, playing up started, in the air. I, I started realizing why is it that I'm caring so much about holding back the launch of my brand? Because I see I have a vision and I and I've and I've for so long had visions of so many things that I couldn't see through the way I wanted to, that I just refuse. I realize it's not procrastination anymore. In this time around. It's, it's, it's very mindful and intentional execution in my very ADHD way of my absolute passion and in my very authentic self as I wanted to, to come to me. Like even figuring out that my, like I was getting mad because like Kathy, I built a whole website and then I, and I, and I stopped it because it wasn't authentic. And I, and I yeah. shut it and I was like, this isn't me. Mm-hmm. I'm not trying to do this like that because I realized I was still doing crap based on neurotypical standards. Yeah. Just yeah. not going to do that anymore. Yeah. Like you got to adhere to some, I get that, but there are so many on a micro level that influence our decision-making that don't actually serve us mm-hmm. because they get in the way of whatever are authentically we're trying to deliver. The only difference between a very successful neurodiverse person and one who isn't, is essentially support. It's essentially the amount of support they have around them. And I'm trying to oversimplify it, right? Like the amount of support, because what I have found is that those people who had the right amount of support in the right ways, they're literally influencing culture right now. I mean, they're literally out there right now influencing these, and they have been doing this throughout history mm-hmm. and, and innovating and figuring things out. So I'm not trying to say here, look, I don't know. I, I, I don't know if I'll ever sell jewelry to more than 1,300 people or 400. And I, I don't know anything. I don't know anything. And I'm not saying, I'm not saying anything. I'm just saying that like, we think outside of the box. We process things differently. So we express ourselves differently. And that ends up being, and when we're allowed to do that, we end up doing what other people think is pretty cool. And we 
are freaking out and worried that like other people are going to think we're weird as fuck and blah, 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 and all that. And guess what? Now I don't do any of that anymore. I don't get, cause that's the other thing too. It's funny. Pre-diagnosis. Like I was always just like, like I told you that, 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 that just like me brain, that non ADHD brain, like, I don't give a fuck about what people think about. Yeah. Me. Yeah. I just don't. Before I never had before you go. Cause I want to bring up that conversation. We're going to relate it to, yeah. me, but I want to recap what you said about the, the self-sabotage. There's two mic drops you put on there. One was around, the idea of we're starting it, we get used to it, but then, and I'm paraphrasing you, the point that, that, that made me have a light bulb moment was that it's the next action. Oh, yeah, yeah. And to go to the next action. And sometimes we just like, okay, give up. But it's like you're leaning into it going, yes, the next action, it's actually not within my strength. Because some of us are pioneers, we're visionaries, we're like big thinkers, but then somebody, can you please come and activate this? Because I don't want to. (laughs) And I'm very much right there, is I will come up with the ideas, but I need a team to execute. And and I'm okay with that now. It's I know my strength, but then I know who to hire to bring in the rest of it. Greg Reed, one of my guests on this podcast, he talked about that, is, is you... You, you focus on your strengths and out, outsource your weaknesses. Well, I don't call them weaknesses. I want to call them your challenges. The stuff that like, I actually don't want to be good at certain things. Others can do it. But before ADHD diagnosis, there's this idea of got to be good at everything because that's how it is. That's how we roll. And the other thing you talked about is like taking the time to get to know your business, to your vision. And, and I love that it's not procrastination. I call it marination. And doesn't it taste good when you marinate a piece of meat or even a chicken or a stew that cooks for a long time? It just tastes better. I mean, look, it, let me tell you, I put out my first like little sizzle reel for just kind of leading up to the drop of some stuff. And when I got it out, I was really happy because it was... It was finally like, I was finally like, oh, okay, you know what? Now I'm in that, in that place where like, I'm account, like I, I had put, I made that move that now put me in the next move, in the next, in the next mm-hmm. stage mm-hmm. and made me accountable. Mm-hmm. And, and it was great because I did that only because I have like seven or eight other pieces of content I'm working on that are going to follow already. Because I think a lot of ADHDers do that where we like build up a ton of work on stuff and then we're yeah. just ready to be like, do, 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 do. and this is where the mistake comes in. Then we're like, <gasps> we get trigger shy. We're like, oh shit, we did all this work. And we're like, we get gun shy. We don't want to, we don't want to, we, we, or we start worrying about this and that. And this is what I start telling people. I'm, this is, and this is where I say, you, you may have to sit with that kind of like wave for a minute and process it. That's fine. But in that process, what you should be doing is figuring out who you got to outsource, whatever this next step is to. And I guess what I'm trying to say is the biggest work we should all be doing is getting really mechanical about understanding that that's all it is, because then you spend less time in processing that. I don't want to be like, I love that you said that. I don't want to be good at a lot of things. There's like a lot of things I just don't want to be good at. Like, that's why there's so many people that already spent time being good at that. Yes. Like, go hire them. Make, make a little less money, be a little less greedy, you know, like, because for some people it is that problem. Like for some people it is that they, they, they worry about, but I just, I promise you, if you invest in your business at the right times in the right places, 
it's it's gonna make sense. And you really, you still, you you know, you might make some mistakes, but like. That's and business. I like how what I'm hearing is you're creating your own playbook of entrepreneurship. It's your playbook, and probably mm-hmm. you write a book about it one day. And we'll be back here talking a book review with Trey. Trey, before we wrap up, I want to talk about the last part that I think kind of brings it all home is the masking part. That that's a big word, and so you went from masking. If you could go into what did masking mean to you and what's the opposite of that that's happened in your life now? And then I think that that's where we, we, we will get into our conclusion here. Okay. Masking meant, oh man, masking meant literally just moderating the way I express myself on every level, on every level, on every level. And that, and that was, you know, and the funny thing about it is that for an ADHD like me or anybody like me who's so, I, I think I'm just so obvious. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like now that, that it's, it's and the reason I'm so obvious is because like, the impulsivity thing is really tough. On, it's really tough for me. Like it's really like legitimately really hard. I, I have to manage like, if I, if I had to like boil it down to what masking means for me is like literally having to manage, toxically manage impulsivity. That's what masking is for me because there's a healthier way for me to manage impulsivity. And I had to start learning that. And that was like through like stimming. So like now I don't care if somebody gets upset because I have to bounce around and pace while we have a conversation and I have to yell. Like you just did today. Yeah. (laughs) And for those that are listening, he's been walking and talking to me. (laughs) Yeah. And I honor that. (laughs) Well, you know what? Yeah. I can do that and like stay linear and, and also just for the listeners to know, like I took a very, very low dose of medication earlier today. And that's really just because it keeps me, because actually, uh, I don't know some people know this, but for me, the not, you know, the, the not having to deal with the, you know, just the extra clarity mm-hmm. prevents the anxiety. For me, the anxiety really comes from when things start getting too jumbled up or there and the speed just gets to be too much. So what's kind of interesting for me, actually, one of the things I take medication the most for is to prevent getting into a place of anxiety. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I manage my meds pretty well. So, but yeah, so I took a very low dose of meds just because I still like, I still like to fly as, as uh, I have noticed that there's just a certain amount, like when I need to get certain kinds of work done, it's a certain kind of medication. It's a certain amount of dosage that doesn't make me the best for conversation actually, to be honest, like if I need to be, if I need to, if I need to, like, I'll be very linear and everything, but uh, my personality can get a little too, too, too militant. So I just, yeah, so I don't matter anymore. I don't do anything. And, I, and I'll tell you what I, and I say, and basically it's any behavior that doesn't like actually make anybody's day differently or, or hurt anybody. I refuse to, to, I just refuse to mask it. You know, I just, I'm not going to do it. Like I'm loud, but I'm mindful. You know what I mean? Like I say all this. Thank you for saying that because there's one thing to honor yourself, but then there's one thing to be disruptive about it. And like, you know, like I don't use my ADHD as an excuse. I do not do that. Right. I promise you. Right. Here's what I do. And I can tell you, and I'm just going to, I want to drop this real quick because I think it's mm-hmm. important. I have the, the amazing honor of, of, of having an autistic girlfriend and mm-hmm. discovering her, or not discovering, but kind of like leading into more of her journey kind of through us getting together. Mm-hmm. And, and it's incredible because we get to do this incredible, like 
like we have this intersectionality of symptoms, this, that, whatever, but we have this kind of uh, adherence to there, there is, there is, there is this, there is the toxic manifestation of dealing with your neurodiversity. And then there's the healthy manifestation of it. Right. And it's just basically checking your ego. You can never let your ego want to use your neurodiversity for negative purposes and, and for BS bottom line. Mm-hmm. And, and I always say, if you keep that checked, so basically, I, you know, I always tell her, I'm like, Hey, your autism doesn't get to rage all over the place. And my ADHD is to get to rage all over the place, but we certainly get to be our, as I like to say, our crazy ass neurodiverse selves and run around our house and be exactly who and what we are. I and it. I have to like change it. Like she doesn't, she doesn't have to look at me ever. Like she doesn't have, she knows like there's no, there's no, I have to look at you for conversation. That doesn't happen. Like the eye contact thing you're talking there's, about. Yeah. Like if she, and sometimes, and you know, and the funny thing is because there's no pressure, she's able to hold eye contact a lot longer sometimes because she has no expected pressure to do it. And then other times it's just not possible for her. It's just not happening because it just can't. And it's, guess what? It's fine. It's okay. Like, doesn't matter to me. You know, if I interrupt her 17 times in a row and I, and I, and I didn't catch it, you know, I'll be like, Oh shoot, I'm sorry. Or she'll be like, Hey, Hey, hey. I mean, we just, so, you know, I, I just like to say to everybody out there, like, like your ADHD is absolutely a superpower. But that really is on you to lean into those sides of it because your mindset is everything fundamentally. And just to kind of see the observe, reflect the observation of, of Trey here is you had the mindset, you had the growth mindset, you were already on the nice trajectory of it. But then there was this internal, like, what is still missing? What, oh, it's the brain thing. And so what I like is like marrying the mindset that was already there, ready to like, you know, the resilience, the, all this other stuff you had done. And then the ADHD diagnosis came in. It's like, right now it all makes sense. It locked oh. it. Right. Oh, so it was I, nuts. I mean, like I had subscribed to Tony and Gary yeah, V and right. Grant like Cardone. And that's exactly it. Sometimes some of this positive, uh, stuff that's on social media, I, I, the self-help books, as I point through mine, they didn't work. And I went through some really heavy stuff too. And I was like, what is still missing? And then when I got diagnosed, I'm like, well, shit, half of this stuff is not written for an ADHD brain. No wonder I wasn't doing it or yeah. implementing it. But now with a different lens, it's like, here's your ADHD. And then here's your mindset. You marry the two together. Life just gets easier. Mm-hmm. And it's wanting yeah. to be ready to do it. And it sounds like you were like, I'm ready. Let's go. Oh my God. Beyond, beyond ready, beyond ready, beyond ready. And, and, and now that I'm going, like it's, you know, this funny thing, Kathy, there's something really interesting about, about finding a base level contentness in life. If, if that's mm-hmm. even mm-hmm. like, I, you know, because I, because the thing is for me, it's because I spring from a place like for me, life now is just about springing from a place of gratitude and, and, and empathy and compassion because that, that just allows, like I've had, you know, I've always had that naturally, but that just now that I understand why and how and all these other things, like it just makes it so easy. It just makes it so easy to like have that because I, I have it with myself, right? Yeah, yeah. I don't beat myself up anymore and now yeah. I'm better for everybody around me. I don't beat myself up. I'm like, hey, you know what? 
Today was like, like I still like I, I, I have days where I don't get a damn thing done, and it's literally because I couldn't get out of my own head. Same. But you know what I? And and it's not. I wasn't burned out. I wasn't. I just it was just a terrible ADHD day. The symptoms got me. I forgot to take my meds, and then I kept forgetting to take them, and then the whole day just went to crap. And you know what? I don't think anything of it. No, and I love this. And and to to wrap it up, I it's the phrase of you went from doing to just being and yes. as, as coachy as that sounds I just think it's, it's that it's most of our lives it's been like do 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 and for some of us that are like high achievers constantly looking for the next big thing it's always been doing 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 but then once you get, get into the state of being it just it's easier and yeah you can have an ADHD day I have them a few times a month and it's like there it is it's an ADHD day. It has nothing to do with my mindset, doing meditation, none of that shit. It's like, put it away. It is that. It's a brain fart kind of a day, I call it. Yeah, it is what it is. It's it, you know? Yeah. Art awesome. to the game. <laughs> Thank you so much, Trey, for this conversation. And, and as our listeners are listening, between Trey and I, we could be talking for hours on this stuff. <laughs> Thank you so much for giving us your story, sharing your story with us, for the voice that you bring to this to this podcast i appreciate you i honor you thank you kathy i really appreciate it so much i thank you so much for giving me the time thank you so much for the questions and i just want to say for everybody out there wherever you are in your journey you are so awesome and you are super powered and you are beautiful and wherever you are, if it's not that great today, it's going to be better tomorrow, but it's in you. It's in you. It's in you. And, and there's, there's people out there and there's community and go out and get your people, get your community, listen to Kathy and listen to everybody you can and, and follow me on Instagram at Trey underscore D H D T R E Y underscore D H D and follow my jewelry company at 1881G. Please, if you could do that, that'd be great. And follow me at Clubhouse, which is also at Trey underscore D H D. Thank you so much. I am really I trying it. to lean into a lot of the advocacy stuff right now, guys. So if you would come in, take a look, follow me. If, if you have a taste for me and you think you can deal with this crazy, intense ADHD or then please come and, and give me some love and I'll show you some love back because I love everybody. Thank you, Trey. Thank you. That's <laughs> awesome. And, and I will put all the links into the show notes for sure because nobody's going to remember that. We have memory issues. Yeah. So it'll be in the what? show notes. No they, problem. They remember this voice. <laughs> they remember this voice. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Well, folks, there you have it. Another shiny star. And I'm just so grateful to have met him. Yeah. So until next time, my friends, keep on shining and we'll be in touch.